In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. After 40 years, when the Jews got to come into the Promised Land, God told Joshua how to do it. Of course, they prayed. These were strong people in the land of Cana. And to take the city of Jericho, Joshua, by God's command, told everybody to march around the walls of the city once a day for seven days. And on the seventh day, he told them to march around the walls seven times. And once they had done that, they all stood around the walls and seven trumpets were sounded. And at the sound of the seven trumpets, the walls of Jericho fell. And that is how the Jews got into the Promised Land. Several years later, during the epoch of the Judges, there were 100,000 Philistines coming to wage war on the chosen people. And God raised up a judge to lead his people. He raised up Gideon. And Gideon gathered together as many men as he could. He gathered together 32,000. And then he turned to God in prayer and he said, Lord, I know you want me to do this, but I can't do it with 32,000 men. I need your help. And God said to him, you're right. You cannot do it with 32,000 men. There's far too many. If you want me to help you, you're going to need to cut down some. So Gideon said, well, how do I do this? And God said, tell the cowards to go. So Gideon went to the men and he said, any of you who don't really feel like fighting tomorrow, go home. 22,000 left and went home. And Gideon turned to God in prayer again, and he said, Lord, so now will you fight with us? And the Lord said to him, No, there's still far too many. Send them to the river and watch them drink. Those who relax and drink, laying down, send them home too. Those who drink quickly only because you told them to, they are the ones that I want in my army. He was left with 300 men. And God said to him, now I will fight with you. And they went into the camp of the Philistines in the middle of the night. And Gideon had given each man three things. He gave them a clay pitcher like that you pour water with. Inside that clay pitcher, he gave them a lantern, and he gave them a trumpet. And they went throughout the camp of the 100,000. And then at Gideon's signal, they all smashed their pitchers. And the light shone forth. And they all sounded their trumpets. There was such a bright light and such a loud noise 
that the Philistines were petrified and running everywhere, they killed each other. The Philistines ended up killing their own selves, each and every one of them. But of the 300, none of them died. You all remember the time when Moses was praying on the mountain because the Jews were fighting. You remember the story. It was against Amalek, and Moses was there praying with his arms extended. And he, as long as he had his arms extended upwards, the Jews were winning. When his arms began to sag because they were tired, the Jews began to lose. So Aaron and Hur grabbed an arm each and held it up so that his arms would be continuously raised. And that's how the Jews won the battle. You've all heard this battle before. What you might not remember is the fact that the Jews did not have swords when they were fighting this battle. The Jews were a poor nation. They had just come out of captivity. Where were they going to get swords from? Well, the only place where they got swords from was from defeating people. And so it was after this battle that they won however they did by the power of prayer that they were able to have swords to fight their next battle. On the other hand, as you flip through the pages of Scripture later on, when the Jews thought that they were doing pretty good because they kept winning all these battles in such extreme ways, when they decided not to trust in God or not to pray to God, they lost every battle. Every battle that they did not pray to God, they lost. Every battle where they prayed to God, they won. A slave who is given a task to do, and he does not do it, is beaten by his master until the task is done or until he dies. An employee who is unable to do a certain job he is assigned to, his employer will give him a fellow worker to help him. But a son is different. A son whose father has given him a job far too difficult for him to do, his father himself will help him. And so we see the father by the side of his child as the child builds his first sandcastle or flies his first kite. But then later on in his life, this father will leave him alone, let him play with his first car and figure out why it doesn't work, because he has to learn to get on with his life. He has to learn not to depend so much on the father. But at the very moment that the child says, Dad, can you give me a hand? The father is there immediately to help him. Our creator is a supreme being. We call him God. But he does not consider us slaves. He does not consider us employees. 
He considers us his children. And when Christ taught us how to pray, he told us to pray for whatever we wanted and for whatever we need and to use the words, Our Father. He wants to be there when we build that first sand castle. He wants to be there when we call out for help. So pray. Pray because if you have something to say, you have a Father in heaven who is waiting to hear. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.